folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass for an episode 204. So I guess this marks our official four-year anniversary of being the show. So we're glad you could join us. We've got a, a large, list, bleh, large list of topics here. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sir Izel. I am uh, Sir Izel. I'm a co-host here on the show. Um, I mostly play Blizzard games and I watch way too many movies. Fantastic. All right, Bait, you're up, man. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Bait. I play Eve, and uh, I am a Florida man. He's a Florida man. I also got to give you props, man. I listened to your recording theory crafting session for the Project Nova stuff was last night, so I'll be uh, in the next few days or so. So good stuff. Thank you. All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, okay. Uh, my name is Jay. I'm also one of the uh, purveyors of the biomass media empire, such as it is. And I've been playing a lot of uh, God of War and a variety of other things, uh, hitting up quite a few different kind of random games but really I've, I've been sinking a lot of time into uh into santa monica's god of war uh awesome awesome gift we'll talk about a little bit later and uh in a, in a reach back to the way back of our numbered trivia for uh the number of the show 204 that is also the area code for manitoba canada Nice, very nice. All right. And I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show here. I do cross series with Livy. I have not played God War yet, but I will be starting on Solid Jay's thoughts on that. I'm pretty excited. So let's get started with our usual stuff of movies. So Deadpool 2, final trailer. This was <laughs> this was absolutely fantastic. What did you guys think of that one? Over the top good. Oh yeah. It's, oh yeah. <laughs> it, it like I think I think they're uh I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say they're gonna try to capture lightning a bottle twice with Deadpool, but if they uh I, I'm actually pretty stoked for them because uh it looks like that they're gonna they're definitely carrying a lot of the positive you know, the kind of positive vibes over in terms of how they treat the character in kind of the world um from Deadpool one. And they definitely they've broadened out the quote unquote Deadpool verse quite quite a bit. Uh, which is actually pretty cool. And uh, I, I think it's, again, pretty awesome when everybody is okay with you shade at each other. Like uh, Deadpool spares no expense to go after DC, Marvel, every, himself, everybody. It's, it's pretty good. Um, Yeah, the, the, the Thanos joke is one of those, like, I was like, it, it took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, dude, he is Thanos. It was just one of those that didn't really strike me. And I was like, that, you know, it, it was nice. And, um... The DC Universe gag, they're, uh, you know, the studio that killed Wolverine, which is is a fantastic title to just to just use on everything from now on, in my opinion. That's true. <laughs> um, the other thing that I, I caught that was uh, kind of hilarious, if you if you look at the trailers as a whole, is do you remember the trailer, the first trailer where he did the action figure thing? Yeah, they that that in enactment of the action figure scene was in this this trailer oh, oh, i'm gonna yeah. have to go back and look at yeah did, he, did you he, i i now that you say it now i'm seeing it when he, he jumps on him like and plants his crotch right in cable's face that is that, that is like oh, yeah. there is a there is a there's a continuity there between those trailers that i think is a, a, a little bit fantastic it's it it's not like highlighted well but it's there it's so meta no it's, it's that's that's hilarious yeah no I, I i like that they didn't even bother breaking the fourth wall they just didn't even bother building it in the first place with a lot of this where it's just one after the other you know i actually let out a bit of a cheer when they, they he made the thanos jokes when i first heard that uh, josh brolin was giving cable and thanos i'm like okay deadpool has to make a joke about this like there's no way they can oh, yeah, not, not do that and then i was like Woo, yeah <laughs> so no, that, that was that was great you know, one of the things that I caught on this, I I suspect that, or what I'm what I'm kind of interested in the movie is how straight do they play it uh, with the cable stuff. I th what would make this work really really well, just totally my opinion based on just kind of like uh, watch them in the comics, is if Josh Brolin plays this utterly straight, as though the, this were a 100% on the nose action like you know kind of gritty comic book action science fiction movie and and as though he is oblivious of of deadpool you know in terms of like how, like just how he is because that's exactly how he is in the uh in the comic books if he does that like it's almost like you're watching two two separate movies of the you know two separate movies that are being filmed of the same story that overlap each other like in the same scenes if they can pull that off this has the potential to be really good no, that'd be amazing. And like you said, totally on how they normally play this up. I think that if they can take the humor that they had in the trailer, and that just wasn't all the good lines right there, but carry that through this film, I was just overjoyed with how good how good this trailer was, and how you see 
you know, cable interacting with Deadpool and how they're complete polar opposites and how they're viewing the world. I think that if they can do what you described, it would be amazing. Do you, do you remember the uh, the PS4 Deadpool game? I never played it, but I've seen um, gameplay of it. I've, so, pl- I've played it on PC. It's, it's actually quite good. It, it is definitely pure fan homage. to, And, and it's, the gameplay is not bad. It's I would give it like a B plus you know, kind of level gameplay, like if you had generic characters in it, but like they Deadpool the hell out of the game and it's really good. There's this there's this cutscene between Cable and Deadpool where Cable is giving him the you know the the knife hand, you know, like the four finger point to the face on like how this is what the plan is, this is what we need to do. Get your you know, get your shit together, focus. And and he's and it's like this like drill sergeant just bam, 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 bam. And then it you kind of see the camera drift over to Deadpool and it just very subtly goes into his own perspective. And all you see, it kind of haze around, like the viewpoint hazes around a little bit. And uh, Cable's voice fades out, and, and you hear Charlie Brown's tear. <laughs> you hear, wah, 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 That's wah, amazing. Wah, wah. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really good. No, I'm, I'm, that's, that's fantastic. And I think that this, I mean, I was hyped for the, the movie to begin with, but this, this trailer have, really. Have you seen Peter's, so uh, have you seen Peter's Twitter feed? Oh, the the guy at the very end there. No, I haven't yeah, seen you know that. Talking about, like, yeah, you, you guys, you've got to check this out. He's like, he's uh, oh Deadpool's god. second follow. Um, it, oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. No, I think it's that, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, I didn't realize they they had done that. Uh, at, you know, until it, I don't know how it gets popped in my feed, and I looked, and I was like, I couldn't understand what it was, and I was like, is that the guy? Who is that? And then I then I looked, and I was like. That's the Deadpool trailer. So I click over, and you like say you notice that like there's nobody else that Deadpool's following, and um, it was hilarious because like his Twitter feed is literally utterly in characters like you know the Mr. Mom from the neighborhood, you know like tweeting out as this is what we're doing today. We've got to get some milk. Stopping by the office, seeing Wade. <laughs> it's like it's really good. Oh yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> it's just like total nonsense. He's got selfies with a parachute. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Check out P- Peter W. On, what's his what's his actual thing? It's Peter W. Underscore nineteen seventy. With cats and everything. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> What'd you think, babe? Of the trailer, I liked it. Um, when does this movie come out? Yeah, you always ask me that. It's like a out. month, right? Get pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. May eighteenth. May eighteenth. So yeah, less than a month. Like everything's happening in May right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy for the next couple of months. Yeah, crazy. I just realized that. Uh, uh, the Avengers is out. Like what? In a this week? week? <laughs> this week? Next week? I'm like, oh my god! It'll be out by the time like this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's it's that that's yeah, kind of the realm. Yeah. Tomorrow, actually. So. Oh, wow. is it really? It's what Google's telling. April twenty third. Yeah, I'm actually pretty. I'm 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 really looking looking forward to this. See how this see how this one goes. Well, especially since uh, up until recently, I was under the impression they were still splitting this into two films, and they decided to go one. So I'm kind of curious on what what changes they made to the story to oh. make that work. I guess they've said that the uh, the fourth Avengers movie will probably actually be longer because they're still doing two Avengers movies, oh. one one this year and one next year. Oh. But oh. it's just that instead of calling them Infinity War Part One and Infinity War Part Two, this one's just Infinity War, and they'll have some other title on the second one. How much that means, like, they, there's really no word on, like, whether or not it still really feels like a part one, part two sort of situation, or if it is two completely separate stories at this point. It's gotcha. that they, they, you know, they haven't really indicated it, and it's likely that, you know, whatever happens in this movie will probably set up the next, and they don't want to give away what the next one is. Makes sense. Because it would spoil this one. Is my guess. Yeah, I just you don't want that situation where you feel like there wasn't really a complete story because they're really setting up for a part two. And hopefully, hopefully it's concluded. You don't want a situation where people went and saw Lord of the Rings and didn't realize it was a trilogy and wondering what the hell at the ending because nothing actually concluded. <laughs> Let's. Well, I mean, the Lord of the Rings were good movies. Oh, you know, no, absolutely. You, if you want an example of bad multi-part movies, you suffer The Hobbit. Yeah, no. <laughs> completely unnecessary multi-part. Yeah, the the uh, we took the shortest book of all of them and turned it into like ten hours of film. Yeah, I I really couldn't that one. I still couldn't figure out the kind of the the direction they were going because, like you said, that that if they had just redone you know the classic uh, Ralph uh, Bakashi Hobbit, like I would have been okay with that. 
and that would have been fine. Yeah. You know, that, that would actually, I would have been very, very cool with that. I, I do, I do think it's going to be interesting though. Cause I, I think branding aside, I don't think it's going to change much about how the story is going to unfold in terms of the Avengers, because I think you're going to have radical change or radical shifts coming out of this infinity wars piece. That's going to clearly have to be taken. I, I think that I think that the next two Avengers, if if I'm if I'm betting right, because they have so many characters involved in, it's really going to be how how do you tell a story either in sequence or in sequence or with some level of storyline simultaneity with so many characters, you generally need to, to kind of break it into like here's what's happening with these characters, here's what's happening with these characters, then they meet up in other movie down the road, but you're breaking you're breaking their storylines up as opposed to kind of sequential storytelling i i'm that's pure speculation on my part i don't i have no no clue and i haven't, I haven't seen if that's the, the way they're leaning but i could see them needing to do that because they're effectively bringing shit four or five different pseudo franchises together yeah it's it's a lot the cast list this is absolutely absurd so we'll have to see how it goes so yeah it should be good but yeah deadpool 2 that it's uh next month the good stuff uh, so moving along here hotel artemis now i hadn't heard anything about this prior Zell. so tell us a bit about what this film appears to be about um i think that uh, john wick called and would like his movie back <laughs> john wick goes to the hospital because this is this is the the most blatant ripoff of like the continental um that i've i've seen anything like it i mean so so to to, to set this up and and this trailer will be in the show notes but uh this this is about uh, this place called Hotel Artemis, which is actually, despite being called a hotel, it's actually a secret hospital for criminals. Um, where you know you get injured on a job and you can come there and and they'll they'll save your life if you're a member. Um, and uh, you obviously he have to agree to a set of rules, like the fact that you can't kill other patients. Um, and it just it's so blatantly ripped from John Wick. Um, there's actually. Uh, there's a there's a clip in the trailer where one of the characters it, it, they indicate you know this character you wouldn't believe what she can do with like a mug you know and she smashes it and takes a shard of it and you know flings it at someone so quickly it embeds into into a you know a piece of furniture and it it just kind of mirrored the whole you know killed someone with a pencil thing as like this is so John Wickish but not hmm. it doesn't look nearly as I would agree. But uh, yeah, so I, I had to point it out. I thought it was interesting. I probably will will check it out. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like the that kind of world building that went on behind the scenes of John Wick. And I thought that was one of its shining achievements. But I can't imagine that it that it will hold up comparatively to John Wick on, on you know, close scrutiny. Yeah, I, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with that, uh, Zell. It's a... It it is an interesting premise only because it was made interesting to me by what I saw in the John Wick movies. Uh, had I and frankly, I I think you could do a lot more if they really wanted to uh, with with the Continental uh, in terms of how the John Wickies go. Well, that's still supposed to become a TV show. I could totally see that. I, I would add, or even in something like that, I could absolutely you know them or like some like FX or something taking that on. You could have a lot of interesting fun with that and it wouldn't be too hard like if you throw into john wick 3 you have like if you just introduce in passing a few interesting characters that can float in, not of the magnitude of john wick but other people that use you know like something you can have a hook into that would like that'd be very easy to do and it'd be a very very uh interesting sort of so it's uh stars that has uh the continental show in the works oh, okay. but yeah, they do they do not have a premiere date set for it yeah, I, I, I have gotten much more, uh, like when I look at properties like that, that would go to a TV series, I really, really like kind of the Netflix or even the sci-fi channel. We're, we're going to make one's worth of this. That's it. It's start to finish this one. Um, and it's designed to function like that uh, from a storytelling and pacing standpoint. And you make the season just somewhere between nine and 11 episodes, something like that. I I really think that would that would do well with a lot of these kind of uh, kind of properties. But yeah, like the the trailer looks, but it 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 I think it's a slightly you know 
slightly more watered down version of what we we saw in the hotel continental that's just i don't i don't see anything that's a, a hook that's going to draw me to watch that or choose that over something else right now no it's 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 good stuff i, I would probably check out tv shows like like Jay, probably not to the insanity john wick but just that whole world they really make you think that the really good world building and prep from the eventual okay so moving along here uh so this isn't on the notes because i just kind of thought about it but i actually uh Six months late, got to see the Kingsman Golden Circle uh, on the plane the way to Iceland. Wow. I yeah. had no idea you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I didn't tell you for a reason. Um, it was okay. It wasn't as good as the first one. It was all right. But it just, yeah, there were some issues with it. But it's not because of it. magic phone. That's the only thing I could yeah, think of. Yeah, we got, you know, we, we put this basically like, you know, kids arm floating around your face. And that actually heals you from being shot in the brain. And you know reasons it was just it was stupid um it just it, it, i mean that idiocy aside just the whole feel of it wasn't cut on point as the original one so i, I think the trailers for that movie were far more interesting oh, yeah. than how the movie actually turned out oh, yeah. if 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 i got the movie that i saw in the trailers i would be way more interested in that because I, all the good bits were in the trailer and the rest was kind of like yeah. i will say um uh the last scene uh in the movie that has merlin in it was fantastic Oh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, that that, that whole sequence, you, you mean? The the there there I I believe there are people who have petitioned to have him record a full version of the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though because if they make a third one, they'll just wrap his, you know, exploded body, body in yeah, in, yeah. in a floaty tube and just build him as a robot who will then sing in various techies. Now, I I I hate when games and movies bring back characters that have died just for the hell of it especially when a large part of character development is built around someone dying and then they just kind of undo it it's it's lazy i don't care for it i think it's just kind of this cheap put in the trails people oh wow what happened and that was like the whole gimmick of that movie that was the whole gimmick and it's like cool so he's this badass independent guy who's become the next galahad just kidding his mentor's still there and you know blinded one eye but still i didn't care part so it was like i said it was it was okay um not one i would probably watch a second time like i i probably would first despite it having moments but overall it was pretty pretty mediocre okay on to some more gaming related stuff uh wanted to give an update on monster hunter world as they do so as usual they can't stop giving us free content so a couple upcoming events so the street fighter uh previously we had the ryu uh, armor you could get now they're adding the Sakura armor that we mentioned previously that will be available May 3rd to the 10th. They haven't specifically said if you have to have Street Fighter V data on a console to get this or not. My guess is you probably will. So you, if you don't have that, you probably won't have access to it immediately. But I assume in the next seasonal event, we unlock all the previous events, you'll be able to get it even without that data. So we'll see um, if that's available or not sure. Uh, secondly, Devil May Cry, um, another Capcom franchise. Huge fan of that series. Um, that is also getting a crossover event where there's going to be a charge blade that is Devil May Cry themed as well as a set of armor. Uh, that is going to be available from April 27th to May 3rd. That is available to everybody. That's not exclusive. Some leaks have gotten out of what stats the armor have. Uh, it's some really good stuff. I take a look at it if you're actively and there's some stuff that's, it looks good, but it also you know, stat wise very solid. So that's what's coming up for upcoming events. What came out recently, and this was like out of completely out of nowhere, they announced it like the day it came out. So there's a new event, and they added a brand new monster to the game called Kuve Tarath. And it's a temporary event. It's running from basically now until May 3rd. And it's a brand new Elder Dragon. It's kind of this cool dragon. It's like covered in gold plates, basically. Um, and they added, so that's that's new. Um, they added a brand new area for you to hunt him in, which is really cool. It's called the Caverns Auto, I think, which is also, obviously. Um, and of course, with a new monster comes a brand new set of armor. You can craft the full alpha and beta set of the high-end armor. And there's also new Palico get that. So what makes this one a little bit different is that normally in the gameplay loop, you go out, you track the monster down, and you either kill or capture it. And then you harvest parts to make weapons and that sort of thing. This is a little different in that you can't actually kill him in that the goal is more to break off the horns rather than actually bring the monster down. So it is intended that you're not going to complete this in a single go which is unusual for what it is because it's part of a new game mode called siege and the way siege works is that you can get into an instance so an instance of the game is like up to 16 but you can only go out into the field with four of them so if you go into the gathering hub you can have up to 15 other people with you and so you can break off into multiple groups up to four people per group groups and basically you're kind of working 
to hunt the same monster over time. So how it works is like you do the hunt, you're probably not going to succeed the first time, but it kind of builds up meter like you've kind of worn the monster down, it's a little bit weaker, and that progress is shared amongst everyone in that gathering hub. So you're not going to see 16 people at the same time hunting the same monster, but it's you're all kind of working in the same instance of the same so, monster. So there's basically a shared health bar across everybody that in that instance from the social hub? Kind of, yeah. It's it's. I don't think it's actually straight the health bar, but it's like as the meter increases, the monster easier to, to wear down, it gets easier to break stuff, that sort of right. thing. So your, your progress as a group is shared. That'd be um, interesting. You, I wonder how that's going to work because people come in and out of the social hubs a lot. Yeah, and, and usually if you do a search for a an online game, you can search specifically for that monster. So the assumption is if people are joining a hub specifically monster, that's what they're... You can do this as a single group. We did it as a group of three. It's going to take you a lot of passes. Like me. like our fastest was three runs. I think our slowest was six. So somewhere in there, depending on how, how well you do, um, it's scaled to be 16-4. So expect it to take quite a bit longer if you're doing it as a single group, but it is doable. Um, and so... What makes this one a little unique is that the end reward actually gives you effectively, I don't want to say randomly rolled weapons, but they're not, but it gives you completed weapons, not just parts to make one. And these are kind of like these golden reskins of existing weapons, but they have different stats in different ways. So some might have like a bigger defense buff, but less gem slots, or it might have a lower base attack, but a higher critical uh, stat. And it's not always obvious. They aren't necessarily side grades. They are some of them are inferior to their normal counterparts. Some are superior, but it's a very, very, very large drop pool. So you're going to be getting like I think I get like six to eight weapons per completed run, like a full full cycle. Um, and as you do this, the quality gets better. So if it takes you a long time, the quality actually goes up to kind of make hmm. up for the time you spent doing it. So yeah, it's like if you can do it like in one run, you're going to get less stuff, but faster, if it takes longer, you get more stuff. So you're overall... That's an, that's an interesting model. I don't know that I've actually heard of that in anything. It's usually like the like the grind, like the, the output, you know, the, the grind equaling output, I'll, you know, that kind of paradigm is it's pretty set. Like re your reward is a fairly finite thing. And then your enjoyment or even willingness to take part in it is gauged on how long it's going to take you to grind to get into it. But this and some, it, I assume that they've probably got a cap on it where it doesn't extravagantly right, takes right. like 24 hours to grind it. But like it, it, it incentivizes players that may not take on high-end content to actually try this. And the, the nice part is, is that because the progress is shared, you personally aren't doing fantastic. Other people pull you through. And if you do fail, it's like, well, I got to do it again, but... I'm going to probably get a better reward again so it kind of makes up for that sense of failure. So even when you fail, you still feel like you're getting something out of the nice. It's very, like like you said, it's I haven't seen this anywhere before, but you know, it, it kind of takes away that rage of, ah, damn, he got me. It still rewards you like, hey, don't worry, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer, but we'll give you some extra stuff to make up for them. And it's a very respectful player in a way that's not rage-inducing because you still feel like your time spent is worth something. So there's that, and like I said, the weapons are, you know, honestly, they're all subjective to kind of what's important to you, you know, stats and stuff. In most cases, I'm finding that most of them are kind of duds, so you can be safe to sell them, um, but I would check even with their counterpart um, to see, hey, do I like what I got? You know, some of them might be better. I did get like a, an insect later, and I've been using a little bit, so there, there are good weapons in there, just not every single one of them is better than their equivalent. However, if you haven't crafted the equivalent yet and you just aren't there yet, even if you get the inferior version of it, it still gets you there immediately. So it can kind of help propel you to get the better version. So, you know, this probably has a little more value if it's newer or you're picking up a new weapon type. It kind of gets you to the halfway point to help get you to where you go. So there is value regardless. Uh, just keep in mind that you find some that are using. So that's that's one thing to consider. And it's it's not randomly rolled. Like there is a they have fixed stats. There's just a lot of them. So you know you will find ones that are identical. But like I said, there's probably like two or three versions weapon type. So considering there's 14 weapons and there's so many weapons within those trees, there's variants of those. There's a lot of stuff to grind for. And since this is a limited time event, it will come back. So don't feel like you only got two to get whatever you want. I think the assumption is, yeah, you're only going to get a couple handfuls of these things, but when the event comes back, you can try again for something, friends. So keep that in mind. 
Also, one last thing which is kind of nice for this event is that when you do complete it, you'll get these Bushi tickets. Uh, they can be turned in at the operations people, those are the first spawn in, your bounties in and stuff like that. And these can be traded in for armor layers. So if you didn't get the special edition, you probably don't know what armor layers are. But they're effectively cosmetics you can put on top of different pieces of armor to change their end. So in this case, it's kind of a samurai themed. So let's say you've got like, you know, the Kirin legs and they're like disco furry pants, like they're hideous you could put this armor over like the pants just to change them to make them look a little more presentable so if you don't like a particular look of an armor set you can change it to this this armor layer to try to you know unify what your character because in most cases when you optimize in this game you end up looking like shit even if it's really good so it's nice to see that they are giving some options to have a little more control over how your character looks that's pretty um, other minor things, also an event that's currently going, the Mega Man Palico armor is finally available. Uh, so what this will do, it will turn <laughs> your Palico into like this 3-8-bit version of Mega Man. Um, so there's a full armor set for him as well as his little arm blaster you can get. Just complete the Rush of Blood event where you fight a tiny Odegaran and then a giant Odegaran. So the Odegaran is kind of this like fleshy looking wolf monster that you find in the Veil. The mini version is like the size of a German Shepherd. But you can still jump on it and mount it and do like the the riding mount animations. So you're basically riding around this dog that's smaller than you. I'm trying to take it looks ridiculously hilarious. Um, I do suggest you try to mount the small least. Um, then the big one is you know big and scary. But this is good to one get the palico or get the yeah the Mega Man palico armor. Also, if you're looking for your large and, and mini crowns, if you're like that, um, you'll most likely get these Soda Garen. So really cool event. Uh, I think I ran it. I got kind of unlucky. I think I had to run it like four or five times, but most people can do it in like three. So it just kind of, it's a matter of how many tickets you get. I think you need five tickets in total, two for the weapon. Um, not too hard, just takes to do it. So that's pretty cool. Oh, and then when your, Pal when your Palico is wearing the Mega Man armor, it will play chip tunes for Mega Man with a different song, depending on which weapon you're using. So you'll get kind of this 8-bit retro music playing um, instead of the music using this. That's that's pretty fun. So worth checking out if you're a collector. It's it's kind of cool to look at. Uh, other minor updates. So you can now sort investigations, thank God, because you could hold 250 of them and trying to sort them manually was a nightmare. Now you can just say, I want to hunt this, and it'll pull up all of the investigations that have that mod in the hunt or this reward level or this area. It makes it so much easier to kind of sort through these things and pick out the one you want. So that was a huge quality of life and people have been asking for put that in. Uh, another nice little thing they added in is that uh, trading items. These are the items you normally find on the ground. They don't do anything, but you can sell them for a lot of money. You can now just have a bulk sell. Or you just press triangle on the self and it'll sell all your items so you can cash that way. Nice. Um, also, one slight nerf, uh, flash pods apparently were being used in an exploitive manner. Uh, against tempered monsters where they would just kind of endlessly stun lock tempered monsters with flash pods that has been severely nerfed so the first couple will give the full effect but after that the effectiveness drops off simply until the monster starts ignoring the flash pods so um you know it's just tempered monsters that that's being added to but apparently using it and farming in a way so that has been so that's kind of Monster Hunter in a nutshell. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff coming out this week um, and in the coming weeks. So, you know, we'll keep you updated. Lots of cool stuff I'm following pretty closely. Again, really fantastic. Game. Like, it's one of the best volumes that I've ever played. All of the stuff I just mentioned is complete. There's no, I mean, there is DLC, but it's like emotes and stickers. Very, very minor stuff, and it's pretty reasonably priced. But all of the actual content, new monsters, new areas, armor, these armor layers, you know, the Palico stuff, all for all included with the base price of the game. So again, fantastic game. You really should give it a look if you're interested in this style. So moving along here, uh, Zell brought this up. So Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and I think, I think Bate, you've played Black Ops as well, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So apparently Black Ops 4 is not going to have a single player campaign. What? <sighs> the re the reasoning is it won't be done in time for release. So weeks off. This so is, they can charge extra this is to Activision, get it later. So you're wait, gonna be wait, buying wait, wait. that shit. <laughs> Fucking everybody knows that Call of Duty comes out every uh oh shit, making Call of Duty this year should be Treyarch, right? So fuck Treyarch now. God, you know that you're doing this shit like every three years. You should have your shit fixed. But babe, I have good news for you. You know what they I'm are adding? Battle they better Royale. be fucking adding uh you're getting Battle Royale. God. What? No, <laughs> Everything gets Battle Royale. Everything gets Battle Royale. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah that's the article it's, saying. It's, it's, oh. No, this is this is rumored. You know, it's it, it's all sources, rumored, right? Polygon's but... sources 
you know, unidentified sources. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like now Must for be honest, me, like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably legit. Um, you know, I, like for me, when I did play Call of Duty, I rarely cared about the single player campaign personally. Like for me, dude, single like, player I, campaigns I, are great. For me, I got the game to play multiplayer, and the only reason I got successive Call of Duty titles is because, like, every time a new Call of Duty title comes out, everyone switches to the new one, and so you can't even find a match in the older games. That's the only reason I bought Call well, of Duty titles. you're playing on PC. On console, we don't have that problem. Yeah, well, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah this is just... This is just a really interesting one because they've had, you know, h- how many Call of Duty titles have all come with single player this campaigns? Will be and th- the first Call of Duty, well, no, the and, second Call of Duty, and I have a, a story. But it, and it's also weird because it's, you know, the fourth in a set of Call of Duty games. Yeah, you know, yeah, like and, you well, would think- crazy that like that is the one part of Call of Duty in terms of that that aspect that they, I mean, they do the single pay- player campaigns surprisingly well mm-hmm. they're very short but they're really well done and that's the only bit of story that has hooked any of the particularly the black ops games together it's not just a stream of missions there's actually yep. there's actually a narrative that builds that actually works between the different the games right surprisingly well it's gonna save them a lot of money on how uh having to pay out all those big name actors Beat that they normally shit. have come in it's really fucking or, stupid well the fuck here, here's the thing though, is that it's like oh it's not going to be ready in which to me implies they've already started it but they'll be more than happy to sell it to you weeks after the game comes out. Yeah, this is one of those things. Like, I, I hope that I'm they're. Better, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope they're competent enough, and I know they're not. But they really should, if they release it without without the single player, say, you know, we know this part's running late, but we promise you'll get it for free if you buy the game. Oh, you're you're, you're not gonna you're get so optimistic. No. It's you're not gonna, gonna no, happen. No, I know it's not gonna happen no. that way. But that's what it really should is. They should say, you know what, we're gonna give you the part that's ready, but but you bought the whole game no. and the game comes a single. No, player. see, here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna charge you. They're gonna charge you a full sixty dollars for this game because it's gonna be multiplayer and it might also be zombies. I I, I kind of doubt it though. They, and, they, they, they mentioned they mentioned zombies is gonna be in there. Okay, zombies gonna be there. Okay, so it's gonna be zombies yeah. and it's gonna be multiplayer. Which uh, okay, sure, whatever. It's also probably if I had to, if I were a betting man, I don't know if the article says this. It doesn't look like it does. Um, but it, they're going to tack on a, a remaster of Modern Warfare Two, and that'll probably only have multiplayer too. At least that's what uh, that's all kind of everything that I've been reading is that any kind of Modern Warfare Two remaster is stupid, which is fucking stupid because that game is probably it probably has the best story in all of Call of Duty. But they're going to do that. And so you're going to get shafted, and you're going to get two multiplayer Call of Duty games essentially this year, and then they're going to sell you uh, the single player for both those games. Whether they're together, separate remains to be seen. They'll probably be separate. And that's on top of the like what four map packs? I think three or four map packs that Call of Duty puts on it. But you get Battle Royale. It's going to be an easy raid. I, I kind of want to see how the how a Call of Duty Battle Royale. I don't. I do. I have that would be that will be re fucking dangerous. Oh, dude, it's gonna be fucking insane. I'll give you that, but like, I'm kind of interested, honestly. For the stupid fad, and we're like, oh no, yeah, dude. Like, it's... don't get me wrong. Like, it, you got a couple games that do it like really mm-hmm. well, like Fortnite and PUBG, but not everyone has to try yeah. to do it. It's so low effort. It's like just well, and, and what pisses me off is that you know that they took dev time away from the story so that they could shoot out battle royale like you know that's what i'm sure so yeah this this battle royale fan is gonna die so hard it's gonna be really funny like i can't wait for the first game to put battle royale in their thing and it just not do well it's gonna make me so happy see see what i'm waiting for because you know what's gonna happen and in about two years konami's gonna say we're releasing a new game it's metal gear battle royale <laughs> And they'll reuse the same fucking engine for Metal Gear Solid Five, and that they reuse for Metal Gear Survive, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great." People, what? <laughs> this was over yes. years ago. Why are you You're disgusting? <laughs> and it's gonna suck, and it'll be hilarious, but it'll probably happen. It, it does make me wonder though if we're if we're at that peak of Battle Royale now. I mean, obviously, I, I think we are at the peak, but if, if this that it's it's kind of gone uh, mainstream, if you will, like a, a, a mainstream title. Has has paid up. If this might be where we start to see the decline of it, 
Well, and you also run into the issue that if you think about intrinsically, Battle Royale requires a lot of people to play, mm-hmm. yeah. right? To keep the matchmaking mm-hmm. smooth. You've already got two huge titles that are sucking. People want to play Battle Royale. They're not going to buy freaking Black Ops 4 to play Battle Royale. This is true. They're really not. I mean, they're, they're going to go play PUBG. So, yeah, they might give it a shot, but I don't see them really jumping because it's probably not well, going to be as polished as the y- two big you ones. You know, right? I... <laughs> PUBG on the Xbox is horribly optimized, um, and it really does not play well, even at, despite it being out for two, three months, maybe more than that. I think it's been out as long as Assassin's Creed has been out, so what, November, I guess, October. Um, and that, that game is still having problems uh, as far as performance. Um, it was actually free this weekend on Xbox, and I, uh, I downloaded it, and it, it does not play well at all. So that makes me wonder if, if, uh, because I mean, you have to figure that the kids who are playing fucking PUBG on your Xbox are your Call of Duty kids. Uh, it, it does make me wonder to see if they will kind of move away from from PUBG to a title that they're gonna buy anyway and just play Battle Royale on that. Do, do you see what I'm saying? It's it's mm-hmm. tough to say. You've got such a large following, and it's like, do you think that Call of Duty can pull it off as well as the other two offerings? I want to say no, but I could be wrong. Um, It's kind of curious. It'd be curious to see how people would actually care. You know, the fact that Fortnite's free is is really what's going to win. Because it's like, you could play Black Ops 4 called Battle Royale and go, oh, this is kind of neat. I wonder what that Fortnite one is like. You give that one a try because it's free. And if they do it better... Depending on how they set it up, you may or may not move over. You know, it's it's tough to say, but I just I'm annoyed by the fact that everyone's jumping on this like this disgusting fad. And it's like you know, if you want your game to survive, you you can't lean so heavily into fads as they come and go because it's you're gonna have a couple that take off really well. Those will probably survive for quite a while, but everyone else is gonna jump, trying to jump on the bandwagon and fall off flat on their ass three seconds later, and then be like, oh. And now they've removed content that will expect like a single player yeah, campaign. Yeah, which is which is obviously uh, for it will be interesting though to see how EA and Dice respond because uh, Battlefield Five is scheduled to launch uh, this year as well. Um, for everything I've read, it's going to be set in World War Two, um, so that'll be nice to kind of get away from that World War One set. Um, but it will be interesting though that since, since Call of Duty doesn't have a single player, if the if the reaction from this announcement is is bad, uh, which I, I I think it will be honestly, uh, to see how that shapes uh, what EA and Dice are are gonna do moving forward with uh with Battlefield Five, and I pray to God that game doesn't have a fucking which, Battle Royale mode, because that's uh, what you want. Will. You, you want to jump over the, you want to like drop into fucking like Russia or some or Germany or some shit. There are World War Two in the Battle Royale. That's exactly what I want. It wouldn't even make no. sense in the narrative. It doesn't make sense <laughs> in this <all>. narrative. <laughs> no, well, I, yeah, I don't know anything about the Black Ops story, but you know, it's I won't, I won't, I won't get into lore excuses and why things. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting because, like you said, that EA has shown that openly said they're not interested in single player games because they when don't did feel they like say very that? profitable. I mean, that's why they they axed. Oh, it's when they when they got rid of um. Shit, what was the name of the, the company that was making Star Wars? Oh, when they fucking like, that got, that got asked. Oh, when they executed Visceral. Damn, fuck y'all. Visceral, that's right, yeah. So, and then they were like, yeah, we don't really think that single player games are going to, um, you know, profit in the long run. <sighs> so we, and, and granted, obviously, Battlefield is not a single player game, multiplayer and single player game. But, you know, I, I almost feel like they're, it'll probably be in there, but how much will they actually invest in it? will just kind of be a, a throwaway gimmick, like, yeah, yeah, there's a single-player campaign, it, it lasts five hours, and that's it. Or is it going to be something serious, or is it going to exist at all? I'm kind of curious on how they're going to handle that, because they've very openly said, we're not really interested in making single, because you can make a hell of a lot more money. Well, um, according to four, the five uh, reported to have a better Royale mode. Fuck. Shocker. Told you, it's gonna be battle royale on the beaches of Normandy. Oh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna, gonna look, so look cool. really cool, but oh my exciting. god, I, we don't need it. it would just, I just I gone. so don't want to have anything to do with something like that. It's like okay, let's and I'm not gonna get into history too deep, but it's like the world wars were very clearly one mm-hmm. side versus the other. How in what sense does any of this make sense for a hundred dudes trying to kill each other? You know, it's of course yeah, it it's is. dumb. It's it's stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyways, so that's that. Um, one side note on Battle Royale games, 
so you know how Fortnite released uh, the mobile version of, of, of Battle Royale? In one month, they made $25 million off of that mobile version. Like, think about how how well, how, how their, their gameplay is progressing, how their player counts are going up, and they made $25 million in the first month. It's ridiculous. On the freaking mm-hmm. phone versionings, which I can imagine is a hot mess, but apparently talk, it does very well. So your Fortnite it just goes to show that, that you phone know, version. Hmm? I, Fortnite, Fortnite. Um, I'm not sure on the PUBG. I actually have a couple of friends who are who are playing Fortnite on the uh, on the phone. It doesn't look too bad, honestly. I've only watched though. You know, it's, it works for some people. I I can't. I don't do action games. It just doesn't work. If, if if some people can make it work, then more power to. It. Okay, so moving along here. Um, Jay, BattleTech opening trailer. Yes. What did um, you think of that one? It, it's it's pretty solid. It's a really really good cinematic uh and it's kind of got this uh, very distinct um like a watercolor comic book vibe that uh that's that's a uh, definitely kind of a like a trademark inside the uh Hairbrains uh their their kind of art style. It's you know like some studios have just a very distinctive art style. That's definitely one of the ones they use. Again, it's this uh this very sort of like surreal watercolor comic book style but it, it if you watch that and again and you do nothing about Battletech, you would think that they're talking about um probably some new james Cam or something like that uh it, it's actually really good i think it does a really good job of setting up like a, a very in, a, in probably about 90 seconds the the broad units of Battletech and then what you can experience, you know, rolling around in big stompy mech robots. But it's, but like the first 30 seconds, this very uh, kind of neat, like exploration, like space exploration history sort of, uh, sort of vibe. That was really good. Uh, it's, it's outstanding. It, and I think, I think this game is going to do real well for them. I, I think it, it, once it hits uh, here, like this week, here in the next two days, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to vary probably start off a little slow because it's got a, like kind of a smaller niche audience, but I think it will grow rapidly on Steam uh, once the reviews and the word comes out. Because all the pre-reviews that I've seen on it look phenomenal. The stuff I've seen, the stuff I've played in beta, really, really, uh, it is, I mean, if anybody likes XCOM series in terms of like the gameplay style, this is uh, all the good things of that, plus a lot more RPG involved in it. So, I have a I have a suspicion that this could go real well, and and the guy in the studio is actually very they're very very confident to do solid. By the way, they're engaging people. Uh, in fact, they're doing an AMA on on Twitter right now about it. Uh, so I think the the trailer itself, the little ninety minute cinematic, was really good. Sets a good tone for the game. See a lot of the uh, like on you know they've they've got several videos that came out like in the last week. They've got one that's flipped a lot of views. It's like a one hour of gameplay. It's like kind of start to finish mission, uh, like a non story sort of like side quest type thing so it doesn't spoil anything in the story uh it's really sharp very well so i i think the guys have got a good solid game it looks really solid it's uh it's the kind of game that i haven't played in a while but i do like that sort of that turn-based tactic style i pick this one up. do you know how much this one is gonna retail for uh yeah no i don't off the top of my head i probably have to put i think they've got the price listed on steam already though it's not gonna be much don't they usually target like the 30 dollar price yeah. point roughly? yeah you, usually between uh, I was gonna say, if if it recalls me, twenty five to twenty nine dollars, uh, and they don't really, they don't really do. A, I don't think there's gonna be any kind of significant oh, add on packs for. They are actually, they're uh, they're at forty dollars purchase. Okay. Still yeah, a bargain compared to the uh, the modern, you know, top tier title. Yeah, yeah I mean, the one thing that I wish, and and I talked to the guys in the show about this before, like they, you know. They have no plans whatsoever to bring it to console, which is something I really, really wish they would do. Uh, but, the, but again, they're very one of the things that makes them a good developer is they're hyper focused. You know, they they figure out what they want to do and they focus. They're not laser focused. They're just hyper focused. Just hyper focused. Yeah, big difference I, there. I would agree. Okay. Like, in that they actually produce a game, yes. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. So it looks like forty bucks for the base price than the next edition. So it's still pretty reasonable. And just knowing the quality, you know, it's going to be. If you played the Shadowrun titles. This looks like several steps above those, and they're really solid. So I can, and that one's coming out uh, April twenty fourth. So, like, so pretty quick. Yep, it's uh, like I said, it's it's one of the ones where if you if you kind of like that that tactical gameplay style at all, like again, if you've ever really dug into an X XCOM game on any platform and you liked it, I, I would highly recommend giving this a whirl. It's got a it's got a fan fantastic kind of story building world around it. It's a uh, it's an IP that's been around for shit twenty five years. It's got a lot of kind of heavy backstory involved in it, 
but it's very, very easy to pick up and it really just adds a ton of flavor to the game itself. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, and they are probably more uh, community interactive studio. There's a lot, there was a lot of give and tell. I mean, a lot, like, like the discussions that were happening in the beta with the folks playing it and the devs like in a fairly open manner was, was, was really neat. It was really, really cool. And they definitely would challenge the beta audience with, well, find me this, you know, what do you think about this very specific thing? Or you give me feedback on this topic. And they, you know, there was targeted, you know, kind of queries that would go out to the beta community and some really, really good feedback that would come back, which I think ultimately you're going to see how well that works in the game. Yeah, no, I think it's, they're, they're a great bunch of guys. I mean, we've had, we've had Mitch here on the show before, so he's, they're very open too. So it's, it's always good to support these, these sort of ones that are very upfront and honest with these a very good quality price. So I do appreciate them. So one quick thing before we kind of go into Jay's initial thoughts on war. So interestingly enough, the Netherlands has ruled their gaming authority on loot boxes. And so they examined 10 different games with a loot box mechanic and deemed that four out of the 10 are actually in relation to other gambling laws. So they didn't say which games they tested. Yeah, they didn't say which games they tested, but they did say that four of the 10 in violation, they have until June 20th to make a change to the law. I assume that they contacted privately, but have said, hey, you know, you're not going to be allowed to have this game in this country until you fix this stuff. Um, and so they, they kind of got a little bit into some of the criteria they were looking at. So some of the major things, one, if the game had the ability to kind of cash out or have a sign like a you 2 were getting, that was considered game. I think that was kind of an obvious one. The interesting one, though, was that it's not necessarily the reward, but how it's pretty considered gambling. So if you're at all familiar with like slot machines in a casino, slot machines will do enough things to kind of playing. As an example, one is like a near miss where... You know, you'll get like, you know, you're trying to get like the three sevens, right? And you'll get like seven, seven, and it starts playing music to kind of excite you. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get this. And then the, the the last tumbler kind of gets to seven and then click to the next one and you don't win. But you feel like, oh God, I was so close. Like I almost won. That's a, it's a, it's a tactic used by, by slot machines to encourage you addictive behavior. They're doing it. And so games that had similar visual or audio cues that would encourage that repetitive want you to, or, you know, we don't limit you in how much you can do it. That also was considered gambling. So it's, I'll be curious to see if we notice any changes in certain games that are kind of out in the forefront loot boxes to see which ones, you know, we were able to figure out, you know, that one might've been the one that got, you know, dinged by the Netherlands saying, Hey, you got to do this. So it was kind of interesting that they, it wasn't just necessarily like the physical prize, but rather how it presented, you know, spinning reels, sort of, so to speak, and how close that was to gambling that they actually come in. So we got some changes coming down. It's kind of interesting. That's, I've been kind of waiting on that to something like that to happen. It's, uh, I'm curious to see how this is all gonna all gonna work out. So just as an aside, uh, I rem- once you started reading that off, I remember there was a YouTube video that came out that I saw, and I I am desperate to figure out. I'm want to definitely give this guy credit. He followed up on that story in Hawaii about how the uh, like that that congressman from Hawaii was like introducing some queries about the video game like loot box thing. Well, he actually has footage of the hearings from that on it on his uh, video. EA sent their lawyers to, uh, like, and the, they were in full, like, uh, gladiator combat mode trying to to defray the, and in fact, it was funny because they were asking very direct questions to the lawyers about the, the game system and the mechanics of the game, and they, the lawyers literally had no idea how it worked. Uh, so it was horrible, but uh, ultimately what really happened out of that, after the EA kind of full court press, and, and I assume you know, some fairly specific lobbying behind the scenes. The bill that was introduced that, was, that really started all this actually got watered down into more of a, uh, had nothing to do with loot boxes, more about, uh, I, I want to say labeling, like the ESRB type system labeling uh, in and some, you know, some very mild programmatics in terms of that in the state of Hawaii had, and it, it did not specify anything about like in-game purchases, DLCs, loot boxes, or RNG type purchase, purchase requests and stuff like that in there. So it was um, ultimately kind of non-fulfilling. So I think EA probably dodged a big bullet unless they fucked this up really bad with something coming up where it's going to make people revisit it. Anthem. Exactly. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for 
I'm, I'm real curious to see how that one shapes up because you know they, they they're like oh yeah we're sorry we learned from our mistakes and we're really refocused on anthem now and i'm like right, everyone's going to all right we'll see we'll see no it's it's gonna be a good one to follow i'm curious to see how their few big big name titles will, will shape up and see if they're their lesson or not Okay, so moving along here, kind of our final topic here. So Jay, you mentioned earlier that you had picked up the new God of War on PS4, I assume. And you've you've you haven't beaten it yet, but you've played through some of it. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what you've experienced so far. What okay, um, but I, I've I've tried to organize my thoughts on one. Um, you know, the, so so rule number one: zero spoilers, like none. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very very you know kind of hold fast on that one. To, you know, for the next we're discussing it. Two. The first thing I will tell you, the game is I like top to bottom, hands down. There's there's no facet of the game that I would review or analyze that I don't. Uh, I, I, well, I'll talk a tentative or probably ten, but long story short, uh, from a technical standpoint, visuals, audio, uh, gameplay mechanics themselves, uh, the storytelling part of it, character development, RPG development, uh, you know, challenging gameplay that gives you a lot to do, sort of like a how, how, like, what's the quality level of the per hour gameplay that you spend? All of it, top of the chart, everything. Um, and, and I've probably think I've got 14 or 15 hours into it now, and uh, about 15 hours into it now. It is, uh, in a word, I think this is the best console game I have played, period. I, I It is absolutely the best God of War game I've played. Uh, it is certainly the best PS4 game out there, bar none. Uh, now, now that's very much my opinion, but uh, that, that's that's kind of my opening gambit uh, in, in terms of the game. Um, but kind of before I before I started, specific you guys were interested in hearing about uh, you know, in a spoiler-free way about the game. I think for me, I, I never played the originals in depth, but in what way does the play from what you saw in the previous titles versus this one? Uh, about a million. <laughs> so, so it is the first thing I'll tell you. It is a re, it is not really a reboot. It's definitely like a sequential leap uh, in terms of like the the franchise and the gameplay. It plays nothing like the original God of War games, and and for the better. The original God of War games were phenomenal of like what they did at the time they came out. This one is the smoothest, you know, most intense cinematic action action gameplay style that I think I've played, uh, to be honest with you. That's interesting. Now, as someone who hasn't played the originals, am I going to be completely lost coming into this story-wise or pretty easy to pick up? No, you, it does a good job of giving you a lot of, like, you don't have to know Kratos' story. It does, it helps a lot in terms of the, emo like, Kratos is very one-dimensional. Here he is absolutely, and uh, knowing his backstory is provides definitional weight to it, uh, but it does a good job of, expo of expo exposition throughout the story. And in fact, if you don't know, I, I can see where that'd be an almost very a very fascinating take if you know nothing about really what's going on with Kratos. Um, so long, story, long and short of it is, no, you don't need to know it before you start. It, it definitely gives you a different context, but it's not required. And the game does a good job of targeting on uh, what you do need to know, uh, particularly as you get deeper into the, to the actual story of, of what is occurring kind of in Kratos' world. No, that's good. That's good to know, because like I said, I, I wanted to pick this one up because I've heard that it's story driven, character driven, those that can gravitate towards uh, I just missed the originals. But the appeal and the hype behind this one really brought me reviews that have been, I wanted to make sure I was totally lost as a new player. Um, I know generally what the, the, the first three were about, just not in details, probably. But uh, no, I'll, I'll be sure to give you my thoughts on from my perspective. Yeah, it's um. so overall. Overall, I would say there's just there's just a ton going on with it. But the story is, is pretty pretty obvious right now. Like Kratos has definitely moved on from Greece. He's up in the you know, the Norse world now, uh, and it's very fascinating. It's almost I mean it almost has this sort of outlaw Josie Wales style. You know, like the guy that we, you know he was the protagonist of the games. But ultimately, if you look at the story, he was really maybe the bad guy of the. Um, and he's definitely moved on from that. He is trying to be different, and it's visually and it's from perspective scene. And he's got a very, uh, very subtle character arc that happens in the game. That is, I mean, I, I got to tell you, the storytelling in the game is is pretty pretty wicked. Uh, it's it's exceptionally well done. The character development of all the characters, not just uh, Kratos and Atreus, but everybody uses a purpose for them. And they are all extremely well written, voice acted, and they flow with the game really, really well. It's um, a couple things. It's, 
the the game definitely starts out with uh, sort of this uh, Odyssey you know, adventure where Atreus's mother, your wife, Kratos, your Kratos's wife, has just died, like just died. Uh, in the, like one of the opening, probably ten min, ten fifteen minutes, like you you have her funeral, uh, just you and you and the boy, and then you spend pretty much like a large chunk of the questing to get to this very to. Uh, to fulfill his mother's last wish, which is basically scattering her ashes in a very, very specific place. And that, now there's, I can't really go into a lot of other, <laughs> a lot of other detail because it will definitely spoil some shit. But I can tell you that it is the journey itself is really good. Um, and then through it, the, the mechanics and as you learn how to play Kratos, it is a really deep combat system. I mean, I was the combat system with Kratos and the attribute and combat system that Atreus has, who is he's not a playable character, but he's probably the affected sort of AI partner that I've I've seen in a game is just really really deep, and you can have some dramatic swings in your play style depending on how you skill them up and and how you equip them with their different uh, you know kits and runes and stuff like that. But it's it's phenomenal. First hour, it's pretty pretty stock. It's really it looks kind of stock, sort of you know light attack, heavy attack, you know throw an axe at something thing. But the minute you start actually learning the leveling system and the game drives you through leveling, um, you open up to some just over the top like you know shit that'll put John Woo you know to you know just make him sit down and have popcorn and watch it. It's, it's just just crazy uh, combos that you can put together and these in really nice cinematic flows. The, um, the, the, Hey, they have a very interesting camera choice in terms of the cinematics. It's all like a one shot. So literally the entire game in a one shot, there's no cuts at all. Uh, and it follows you very close. So the original God of War used to be like really blown out kind of in almost Diablo style in a way uh, with, and then they would shift to like a platforming sort of viewpoint. That is absolutely not the case. This is all upfront personal, and you can see every crease in the armor, every swing. It's just de- like the best gameplay that I that I've I've experienced. Uh, it's butter smooth on a PS4. You don't need a PS4 Pro, and it looks beautiful. I mean, it, it legitimately looks like a P game. I do not know how they did this on a PS4, and it, and it may, really makes me go back and question all the all the shittier graphics I've seen on 4 right now. Um, but it is just a really, really well put together game. Um, you do you, there is some crafting involved. Like you can build, you can craft your own armor. You stay with the axe. Like in the previous God of War game, you could switch between different types of weapons. You had your kind of marquee chain blades that you used, but here it's all about the Leviathan axe and how you customize that axe. Uh, you can mess around with your shield and your your armor a little bit, but it's all about your axe gameplay, which is that's another huge step away from the original uh, the original trilogy, which was very much defined by the combat mechanics around those those chain blades that he had. Uh, whereas this is not, and it's just it's just exceptionally well done. The character the the characterization of everybody you come into to contact with it to include just like minion bad guys it's really good and it flows i would say the first hour it will it will be a, a very impressive game but once you get into actually leveling up the move sets for the characters and see what you can do it that's when it gets takes off in it like a rocket from there there's a lot of puzzles were kind of a you know a, a noticeable bit in the original god of war game there's a lot of different like how do i get chest kind of games or how do i cross this obstacle kind of puzzles that you and Atreus as your partner uh, have to work through. And it's very collaborative. It's really well done. And at no point, by the way, does Atreus ever become annoying ever. I was very concerned, really, really concerned about that um, going into the game, but he has an arc that parallels Kratos for, you know, extremely well. And he is a very distinctly defined character in his own right that you watch change dramatically throughout the course of the game. So there's a ton going on here and they get, they, you know, it is hard to define what's going on. There's no like single thing I can tell you in this game. It's not open world, but there's a lot of exploration. It's not pure Diablo hack and slash because it's way more than that. Uh, it, it's got a very deep fighting system, combat mechanic system, where you can do a lot of different, you can really have a lot of different options. Like Kratos is as deadly with fists as he is his, his axe. Uh, Atreus can be as helpful or as not helpful as you want, and you can get him to do a lot of different in terms of how you skill him up and equipping. Uh, the interactions you have with different characters are, are meaningful, uh, and they, they have immediate impact on the story. So there's, there's a lot of neat stuff in there. And one, the other thing is like the, the world building hands down, 
absolutely phenomenal. I guarantee you, you have not seen a Norse Viking take uh, in a game world anywhere remotely like this. Not any. So it is absolutely um, a, a fresh look at at how you you know how you see a lot of the characters that you think you might know like how you think you some of the character like thor for example it's i mean it's not a huge spoiler that he's he makes an appearance in the game but um how you see this game versus like the chris hemsworth thor not not the same guy it's uh and it's it's fascinating too and it's all really well done so uh again technically visually uh, every everything down to the effects of the game, how your movement style, the vaulting, just the flow of combat, the flow of movement, the dialogue, the meaningful and very natural organic dialogue you have in the game. Uh, it's I mean, this thing is very, very close in my mind when I think of how a video game can look like art. Uh, or if I were going to turn, you know, extraordinarily high triple A super movie into a video game. And just like literally just like transport it from being a Lord of the Rings quality and turn it into like I can control what I see on the big screen with XOs and triangles. That's what this looks like. And that's what it plays like, too. So that's that's kind of my overall thought. Uh, I, I think I've gotten enough into it that I could I, can, I, I could initially give it a score. I would like to wait until you play it a little bit and we can kind of compare notes. But sure. I, I would tell you that this is out of the gate, probably. Probably, I can't. I can't think of another game I've played on PS4 that I like better than. This. Um, and that's okay. and, this, and this is very much not the kind of game that I would normally play. Uh, like I, I like these kind of action games, but it's not like in my direct wheelhouse in terms of my faves. But this thing is spectacularly well done. A um, couple quick tips: if you're playing, spend everything early. Like don't hoard resources. Don't hoard the the hack silver that you get, which is kind of the, the basic common sort of like you know currency to, to to buy things just spend it because you'll get enough of it and you'll level up differently as you go so spend everything you get early to to try different armor to upgrade do things like that as as you get them uh, because what you find is it's immediately useful and you won't have a problem you're not going to run into a crunch where like god i really want that cool rune or i want to be able to skill this thing up and i can't because when you accrue skill you don't like just level up you basically you accrue skill points and you spend skill points individual skills that cost you know however much it's like hey if i want to unlock a level one skill of this it's like 500 xp and you're earning xp all the time so it's, it's so it's not like a level up mechanic of like your level one two three four it's just as you earn enough xp you can choose to level whatever you want which is kind of a neat, neat kind of way to do it but spend all that early a lot more and uh tip two take time to level up atreus and stuff it's a very very efficient way to play the game when your battle when your little teammate is helping you and he can be very very effective particularly uh late game and there and i got i got i, I will tell you guys this i do not i do not uh get fooled easily with video games like it's usually you can see the plots coming a mile away and you can really figure shit out pretty well there are twists uh that you will not see coming that are pretty damn good pretty good so I, I would say that's my initial. Sounds good, man. Yeah, you've really got me excited for this. Like, I'm going to eat dinner after this and uh, come back in for a while. So I'm pretty excited. So, all right, guys. Well, I think we're good then on all of our topics. So unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I think we're uh, good with Have you been playing Warp Ascension since you got, the, uh, you, you got the beta code for it? I have, but downloading that, uh, I have agreed to an end to talk right. about it. So <laughs> I... I like it, but I can't say anything about it legally. So War of Ascension is the little, it's kind of like the resource war game that's uh, for Yvonne Lawrence on self. And if you were at FanFest, you got to, got to give it a shot. So I unfortunately can't talk about it, but I, I, I will say that I do, I do like it. They've got some work to a final product, but what they have so far. Okay, guys, so let's do some shout outs here. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. My shout out's going to go to Libby, who's sitting behind me and listening to what we're talking about. And so she she texts me on my phone here. She goes, "You'll you'll have a, a giggle that EA posted a job opening searching for someone with open world experience." So she's wondering if Star Wars is getting an open world game and is wondering if it is going to star uh, Loot Skywalker. So it made me laugh. Um, my other shout out is going to go to uh, Corey Barlog, who producer at God of War, did a release of a video that uh, was him in one of those like old things, record himself 
looking at the reviews of the game right after it came out, and it's actually a pretty emotional video. It gets pretty worked. Metacritic's like a 95 out of 100, which is absurd. And it was just kind of cool to see him really being open about it and actually talking about his, his feelings on it and the fact he's been working on this thing for five years to have it finally come to be this really, really solid game. So I shout out to that guy. Uh, one, for making a, apparently a very good game, and two, it was, it was a pretty cool bit, I would suggest. All right, Bait, you're our oh, yeah, yeah, Bait, you can go. We'll get uh, one more. Yeah, no, sorry. Geez. Oh, no, 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 okay, okay. So, is is no, this no, how no, it works? No, 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 no. You go after me, uh, you forget your shout-out. <laughs> so I, I realized that, that Parks and Rec is on Amazon Prime to stream, so I had never seen it, so I started watching it, and it's really good. Uh, it kept me entertained, but I got, I got like, I did two seasons in two days, and I kind of burnt myself out. Uh, so I decided to watch something else, and uh, I'd been meaning to watch Bosch uh, on Prime. If you haven't seen it, it's a cop show, uh, but it's it's really good. So if you have Amazon Prime, uh, go watch, uh, go watch Bosch. Sounds good. So you got an extra shout out to uh, Warmth and Sunlight. As uh, I was able to, you know, traverse the outdoors without a casual coat this weekend, which is great. Uh, out of curiosity, how cold was it in Chicago last week? Uh, last week we had some good 39 sort of weather. Hmm. I, I'm curious because when I was in Iceland, they were saying that things people don't know about Iceland is that it's actually warmer in Iceland and that it actually floats in the curious and how, how much you were suffering it's compared a, to me. It's a, it's a dirty rotten lie. <laughs> I, you were in a blizzard. That doesn't count. I... It, it, even when I was not in the blizzard, oh my god, Iceland is so cold. Yeah, and was, and I live in Chicago, cold. and Iceland is really, really cold, even like in March, which is really coming out of the winter season. It's now for you, really was, cold. It, was it cold because it was cold or because it was wet and because... Um, it was, it was cold. It was really cold even when it wasn't wet and rainy. Okay. It was it was really windy, and that definitely uh, contributed to the, the misery of the amount of cold that I was there. But gotcha. yeah, I was just curious. Okay, sounds good. All right, Jay, you're up. Tough one. Um, um, I'd like to give a shout out to Zell for not having shout outs uh, normally, but he kind of fooled me. He had one today, so uh, I'm, I feel like I'm now the the person who's not uh, not uh, helping close the podcast cast out on a strong note for once. So uh, I I just want to that's my shout out to Zell for uh, having a shout out because I don't. That makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect hey, sense. Okay, so all you... right, here's the thing. For the record, like uh, I'm still, in, I'm still, I'm still recovering from one of the last shows uh, where we had the errant April Fool's joke on me, which was not really intended to be a joke on me, but certainly turned out to be a really good one. The whole like Netflix Midnight Suns thing, like so, I've I've just been out of sorts entirely. So I'm spending all of my free time, and I've had about a day and a half of it here here to alternately shotgun marvel uh marvel netflix shows that uh, i just want to rewatch simply because i i was starting to pine away for them after the boys here like had me going down a hard path that there was going to be a a midnight suns uh you know netflix series which is absolutely not a thing although it would be fucking baller they would do it um and playing god of war and so i've not really been able to put a lot of thought into anything other than the fact that i was getting trolled by netflix which uh which really really aggravated me so to to that end i have no real shout out today other than to zell who normally doesn't have a shout out i was counting on on not being the only person without a shout out because he never fails me with that and this is the one time he failed you by not failing yes so it's like my view of the world and, and universe is definitely skewed <laughs> all right well we'll we'll give you a free pass this week so that being said, guys, uh, really good show for joining, and thank you for listening. If you want to be on the show, if you have any topics you want us to cover, you want us to play, let us know. Our website is www.biomass.com.net, either one works. And if you want to hook up with me or Beatty Dust Veterans Discord, also check that one out on our website. Uh, that being said, we'll see you next time.